0: Since the turn of the year, the issue of Brazil's interest rates has been a recurring fighting call for the government. Almost on a weekly basis, President Lula and many in his entourage have bashed the Central Bank for adopting a hawkish approach. Eh, sinalizar um corte eh, da taxa selic, que é a mais alta do mundo. Se a preocupação é fiscal, é com a dívida, não há nada pior do ponto de vista fiscal do que isso. Jacking up interest rates between March 2021 and August 2022, from an all-time low of 2%, to a five-year high of 13.75%, where they have stood for the past 10 months. But despite the constant bashing, the central bank has stood its ground, issuing hawkish statement after hawkish statement, citing unanchored inflation expectations, and saying time and again that it would not hesitate to hike interests once again if necessary. But a pivot may be finally on the horizon. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of The Brazilian Report, This is Explaining Brazil. We recently got the chance to meet some of our readers in the US and understand how helpful our work is for business leaders, diplomats, consultants. Has Explaining Brazil also helped you understand important issues unfolding in Brazil? If yes, you should definitely consider supporting us by subscribing to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. What you listen to in this podcast every week is just a small sample of what we have to offer in terms of content. We are an independent outlet financed by our subscribers. And if you want us to be able to remain independent and keep producing award-winning journalism subscribe to our content on brazilian.report subscribe. If you are already a subscriber, then you can go the extra mile and sign up to our Buy Me A Coffee fan page. In return, you will get exclusive perks like special newsletters and behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here on our podcast. And today, I want to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members Tom Nolan, Marta Martins, Pan Ludwig, Leslie Seal, Caroline Hubert, Mark Hillary, John Thomas II, Louis Hans, Erwin Menace, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Carl Vreswick, Alasdair Townsend, Peter Abrahamson, Jim Alofadejo, Michael Fryer, Miller Renascido, David Dixon, José Jose Stankovich, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftach, Tonika Thompson, Anderson da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffering, Anna Lund, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. If you too believe in the importance of independent journalism, and if you want to hear your name on our podcast, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Report and subscribe to one of the membership tiers. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash brazilianreport to find out more. On June 21st, the central bank once again capped interest rates unchanged at 13.75%. In a statement to the markets, the bank did not allude to a possible change of course in its hawkish monetary policy, as many economists had anticipated. But less than a week later, the bank issued the minutes of its policy meeting, which adopted a much softer tone. The minutes show that the Monetary Policy Committee is divided on how it should send signals on future moves, with a majority of members siding with the understanding that economic conditions, quote, might allow the necessary confidence to be built up to begin a parsimonious process of inflection at the next meeting in August. Mário Sérgio Lima, Senior Brazil Analyst at Medley Global Advisors, Welcome back to the show. How did you read the central bank's words? It was a sort of Jacky and Hyde moment regarding the same policy decision from last week. Uh,
1: I think at some point you have to, to look at this uh, almost like there, there, is, there is some uh brewing in the, the way they are communicating. Uh, they used in the post-meeting statement. Uh, words such as patience, perseverance, caution, which usually tend to indicate that they are not uh, a move, not not a, either a hike or a cut. In this case, of course, a cut is not imminent, meaning it's not for the next meeting, but uh, we're still assessing it, but it's not going to be at the next meeting. Uh and one week later, when the minutes are known, where we, we know the the full uh extent of the discussion, we basically see that okay, no, they are already contemplating a cut, maybe for the next meeting in August, but they really need to have some economic data moving uh to their to their site to 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 actually start easing. So I think if they had this discussion, and they had, of course, I think this should be assessed in a way clearer in the post-meeting statement. Even if it's just to mention that uh, we, we we contemplated it, uh, the way they are putting it, it's like you mentioned, it's like oh maybe it seems like there's the monster that's writing the, the post-meeting statement and then the doctor is writing the minutes. So when both of those documents are pretty much written at the same time, so uh, I think it's uh, it's not good to have this kind of uh, almost asymmetrical type of statement. If they want to give their keep their options open, they could easily have said that we are still not anticipating the rate change unless. We see some positive developments. I think that would have would would have covered all the bases. They didn't need to go like uh, use all of this kind of caution and perseverance, and then say, "Oh, but there's a majority that say we, we may we may start easing slightly," which basically is like a twenty-five basis point cut, if situation uh, allows. So I think it's uh, at some point they need to have a more uh, they could, should keep their options open, but have have both documents assessing the same uh, language and not something that was we had today.
0: Mario, the government has relentlessly bashed the interest rates. Do you think this pivot in communication may have been affected by the political atmosphere in any way? Because, I mean... The markets found last week's statements very, very
1: hawkish. Yeah, I mean, I think the government, the the way the government has really uh, turned very political, uh, this discussion, which are technical in nature, of course, there's no no apolitical uh, decision uh, by any means. But that doesn't mean that that those decisions aren't tech. They are. They are pretty much. That's the pretty much how uh, the central bank takes its monetary policy. But the way that this discussion was was being polluted by po- politics, uh, I think the central bank is also uh, using the the communication almost as a political defense in which they shouldn't. Uh, one one, one nugget uh, from this the, today's minutes. They were pretty positive on how, on how they are looking at the fiscal framework and how it's moving and how uh, they expect it to be approved. So they were pretty positive. They mentioned that it has substantially uh, reduced uh, risks I had a meeting with a central bank board member before the meeting. If they are allowed to to meet people from the market uh, up until one week before the meeting, and uh, after the minutes are published, the the so it, it's everything uh, regular. Uh, I have I, I, I'm pointing this not for myself, but for their their sake. Uh, they they do not disclose any kind of information that. Should be advantage to anybody, but in that discussion, it it, it seemed to me that clear that they had they had already seen the the tail the risks effects of of the fiscal policy being reduced by the fiscal framework. So they are saying this, but then they use a lot of like a, a you know like they 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 bite and then they 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 kiss afterwards. Like say okay, but you shouldn't change the inflation target. Because that will allow inflation expectations to to convert faster to target. So I mean, you see, like they 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 use they are using this to send signals to government and say, hey, please do not change this. This will help us a lot. When the discussion was brought in February, it hurt a lot. Uh, our our, our plans. So please do not rock the boat when the monetary council meets this Thursday to set the inflation target for the next for confirm these years and set for the next couple of years. So I think all in all, uh, it's not like the the central bank, is even if they are doing a technical decision, they are trying to do the technical but with a political undertone, which I don't think it's the most appropriate.
0: In 2021, the central bank was given operational autonomy to pursue the inflation target, and its board of governors started being named for four-year terms that do not coincide with presidential terms. And at the time, that was seen as a way of shielding the monetary policy from political interference. But, I mean, it appears that it further politicized the issue of interest rates now that we have a conservative central banker and a left leaning government. The Monetary Policy Committee's minutes try to warn the government against changing the inflation targets, which are currently set at 3.25%, with a 1.5 point tolerance band. Members of the government have said that if the target were higher, the need for monetary tightening would reduce. But the central bank's chairman, Roberto Campos Neto, has said on multiple occasions. That playing with the target could erode Brazil's credibility and have the opposite effect. How do you see this issue?
1: You know, I think I think all in all I agree with Roberto Camposneto take and I think the, the markets have spoken also uh into that direction. It basically when they decided to say, Hey, we're going to increase the inflation, we will, Lula was saying in February. Oh, maybe with the inflation The inflation target should be higher because that wouldn't, this would mean you would need less monetary tightening to actually meet the target. So like an easier target to reach, if you may. But the way that it was presented, uh, all of a sudden you could see markets' expectations, inflation expectations were repricing upwards. So it's not like the, the market was saying, okay, the new inflation target will be four instead of three. So by all means, we believe that the inflation will be four. Then people were starting to say, hey, this is a government that's not committed to actually delivering inflation on targets. So actually doing their own push on fiscal policy to aid monetary policy. So then, or became not the, 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 the ceiling, but the bottom of all of the market expectations and once, what, what, one thing that is important about market expectations: it's not that they just help guide monetary policy, monetary response, but also uh, when you have monetary, when you have people in markets uh, believing that inflation is going to be higher, that would mean that uh, banks, when they're getting, when they're loaning, they also expect inflation to be higher, so they will be putting some premium in their loans, so the loans are more expensive uh, even if monetized even if the key benchmark rate is benchmark rate remains the same people at uh, at markets you know like uh, not the financial markets but the supermarket will be uh increasing their prices because they are believing that their costs are going to increase by a, a higher percentage level higher level than what the 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 market they previously expected. So all in all, it, it actually makes it hard for the inflation to actually converge to to the target. So presenting a higher target, even if if and there this is something that you can discuss. Whether Brazil, a country that has suffered with uh, hyperinflation for decades, until we had the Plano Real, the the, the Real as the new. Uh, currency, we have we had suffered a lot from hyperinflation. So even even if you consider this, you could say, hey, maybe Bra- uh, Brazil is not Brazil's economy is not prepared to have a three percent inflation target, which is something that other other emerging markets have, other emerging nations have, like Chile, Colombia. Maybe Brazil should have a higher target, like a 4%, I don't know.
0: And I was going to ask you exactly that. Do you think this inflation target is too ambitious for a country like Brazil, or, I mean, should the government just leave it be?
1: Well, I think that's a great question, and, and, and one that I, I, I'm still on the fence uh, because I do think, I mean, there I have a feeling that Brazil has a lot of uh, Brazil's economy has a lot of indexation which makes makes it hard for Brazil to actually get down to a level like three uh, percent in a way that you do not hurt activity too much. Uh, so, I, I, while I do believe that a four percent is not really that far fetched, uh, it is important to 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 also uh, understand that, I mean. Uh, there, there are some studies, even from uh, FGV University, which mention that around four uh, percent of inflation level is when people really it really weighs a lot on people's people's welfare feeling. So, by all means, if you get if you can get an inflation lower than that. You should be aiming at getting inflation lower than that, Uh, and also, like uh, Brazil, never had an inflation of of three percent unless you had like a major, uh, major recession. It's it's we are venturing into uncharted territory. Why when we're venturing into uncharted territory, it's very, very uh, maybe some perceptions, like I said. A four percent wouldn't be, wouldn't be that bad. Maybe we are selling it short. Maybe we can go to three percent if we actually have a monetary fiscal policy moving moving in line with that. So uh, I, that's why I'm on the fence because I, I can see pretty good arguments on both sides. But more than four percent, I think it's an exaggeration. But four percent and three percent, I think. There are some good arguments to each 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 of the propositions which but but the discussion should be eminently technical and not politically driven now, another solution
0: for the monetary policy quagmire the government has come up with is possibly trying to lift the central bank's autonomy. Do you think there is any momentum for that in a conservative Congress? I mean, how is the government handling this issue in your opinion?
1: Uh I mean I am ideologically in favor of an independent central bank. I think there is a lot of gain into removing the the removing one cycle, the political cycle, from the, 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 the mandates uh, of the, the central bank board members. I think this allows them more uh independence in really looking at what their their policy their, their mandate is which is basically putting inflation into target. There are some subsidiary mandates like uh uh financial sustainability uh uh and also the, the sustainability of the financial system and also no uh, like is the impact over over economic economic activity. So I mean, but those are subsidiary. They really need to put inflation into target. That's their mandate, and I think there is institutional gain in doing so. Most countries have have this this system, uh, but he, the, when the government put that discussion, I think it was really abrupt. I can understand why they 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 feel suspicious about Roberto Campos. Uh, this is not a like this is not a personal. Uh, uh, opinion of mine, but I can see why they would be suspicious of Roberto Campos. Mostly because Campos did uh, gave them reasons to be suspicious. You know, he b- went voting in the elections using the Brazilian national team kit, which at that time was almost like a uniform of a Bolsonaro supporter. Uh, which I mean, he shouldn't do. He he was. Way too close from to comfort uh, from the previous administration. He was uh, photographing barbecues in the House of Ministers. So I mean, he did a lot of reasons to be the people to be suspicious of him. But I, 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 in the the way that the government presented the discussion became almost like a, an attack over the institutional and not on, over the person, Roberto Campos, but the institutions in bank. So that was a, a misguided attempt, I, I believe. I don't think now the gov- the Congress will lift the independence because they passed this uh, a couple of years ago, so they do not want to roll back on that. But uh, I do know that w- what politicians are perceiving as a stubborn uh, take from, from the central bank in easing monetary rates monetary policy, yes, I mean, in that sense, maybe if the discussion discussion was brought today, I wouldn't be completely sure that the independence couldn't be overturned because if they really continue to, to push uh, monetary easing forward, this will create a, a very negative uh, environment for businesses and business lobbies will also be Uh, Go into Congress to demand uh, some change. So this may be even if the decisions are are technical in nature, this can be brought against them. And maybe because then it would not just like be the left wing government saying so; it will be a push from a a good chunk of society. So that could uh, actually put the central bank again into discussion and maybe yielding a different result than when Lula was uh, mentioning this possibility earlier this year.
0: Have you read our major story on how the semiconductor crisis became a real threat to Brazilian democracy? You can read it on our website, brazilian.reports. And a good piece of news for whoever is not yet a subscriber is that we have lifted the paywall. Former diplomats from Brazil in the US, as well as the former head of Brazil's electoral agency, contributed to making the story possible. Now, if you want to know how we did that story, the challenges we faced, and how we pieced together every bit of that puzzle, there's a video available for members of Buy Me a Coffee, our fan page program, to be released this Friday. Now, here's an extract in avant-première.
1: So how did you discover this information? How did the story start? How did it come about?
0: So in May, um, me and I was in Washington, D.C. with Laura Kihan, our CEO, uh, and we were visiting clients, we were visiting uh, sources, and uh, in one of these many conversations and meetings that we had, someone actually tipped us with this story by saying uh, that uh, there had been a major diplomatic effort to get the semiconductors that the electronic machines would need and nobody uh, knew about it. Yeah, and uh, I remember that I thought it was very odd that I never heard about this story before because uh, we here in Brazilian Report and uh, the whole Brazilian
1: press covered the elections, the 2022 elections, a lot, like um, exhaustively.
0: And so what what kind of impact has it had? What does does this mean for Brazil's democracy and politics in the current moment? Pretty entertaining, right? There will be more on Buy Me A Coffee, so you should consider subscribing to our fan page. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Report. I'm back with Mario Sergio Lima, Senior Brazil Analyst for Madly Global Advisors. Mario, hiking interest rates is a bitter pill that is used by central banks all over the world to cool off the economy and control inflation. But I mean, it is called a bitter pill because it has very nasty side effects. In the case of an economy like Brazil's, what would those side effects be? I mean, what place does credit have in our economy,
1: I mean, credit is fundamental for businesses, uh, especially not only not only uh, new credit. I mean, so new loans become uh, more expensive, but also uh, if you increase, let's just say uh, it's a bitter pill, but let's just say you you are on the dosage, so you're you're giving out way more interest rates than the economy really needed to actually cool down. Because basically, what you want is cool down demand cooling down demand you 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 actually makes it make inflation uh become become lower that's the 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 reason why you increase rates but let's just say you increased it too much more than you need it or you're just keeping it higher for longer than you need it uh you first of all business will break uh break up uh, we 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 we'll see a lot of bankruptcies you'll see a lot of people uh not paying their 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 loans so you have you have uh delinquency rates increasing uh and also since since the if businesses are suffering you may see uh, a higher unemployment than what would be an equilibrium type of unemployment uh so you you can have a lot of nasty effects and people If people want to, if you, if you, people, the demand for uh, more expensive but important goods, like, for instance, cars and housing, it, it really becomes uh, unattainable for a lot of people. So, and also, just like inflation has this, this, this negative effect, higher rates can also have a negative impact. Uh, re- effect into uh, making making it, uh, in, I would say not not directly, but in helping increase inequality because uh, more affluent people can protect their investments in in, in, in uh, inflation, link it, or, uh, the inflation linked or the 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 benchmark rate and other prefixed bonds, so they can like have some liquidity and, and they can also protect their, their wealth while the poorer people have no would no way to run nowhere to run to. So you you have a lot of also also social negative effects. So it is a bitter pill, but it it needs to be taken in the right dosage.
0: Now when we had low interest rates, many companies took on post fixed loans tied to the local interbank deposit rate. Which is known in Brazil as the CDI, with the benchmark rate remaining high for longer than previously expected, the interest on this that will also be higher than originally provisioned for. How much of a risk do you think companies are facing?
1: Uh, I mean, I have no no, I, I have no doubt that a lot of companies will will need to seek bankruptcy protection. Uh, in the near future, and this is not being a catastrophist. Uh, this is something that it just goes with the territory. So you have an economic activity that is lagging. It's doing way better than expected. You have to to consider this, but also uh, a lot of the the the, goods, the 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 things that that are doing well in the economy in the first quarter and probably in the second quarter, for instance, is agriculture uh, output. So I mean that's really not going to to help the economy as a whole. <laughs> you see, so the economy as a whole is, is is suffering, is lagging, and you have and you have uh, so you have like lag, lagging demand and people having to pay way more than they expected for the the loans that they took uh, back back as, as some years ago. So I mean. The, what, what's the major risk? Let's just say a lot of people, a lot of companies, either going bankrupt or uh, not not paying what they, they 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 owe to banks. This could create banks. This creates a situation where banks need to be to provision even more for for their their the delinquency rates increasing, which means less money for Company for new uh, new loans, so I mean, like this is a negative cycle for the economy, in which uh, at some point you know you 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 may face re- recession. So that's why. Uh, but in a, but uh, but you cannot put the full blame on monetary policy. There are some some things that uh, uh, Brazil's economy is affected, of course, by global economy. Uh, you, 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 There there are some risks in the horizon. Maybe China won't uh, grow uh, as much as expected. Maybe the U.S. will need to face recession uh, to actually bring inflation down. So, uh, it's there's there are lots of challenges. So the higher rates are just part of the 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 full balance of 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 have risks, if you may, to the activity.
0: Now, you mentioned that raising rates more than necessary or keeping them high for longer than necessary can be highly detrimental to the economy. Brazil entered a process of monetary tightening earlier than most countries and could exit it earlier than most countries as well. I mean, we have the European Central Bank recently hiking rates, the Fed signaling Further bumps could come. Is now the perfect timing for the Brazilian central bank to roll back on monetary tightening?
1: Well, I mean, I do. I think uh, first, I mean, Fed. The Fed is indicating that they skipped one meeting and they will remain increasing. But uh, there's a non-negligible chance, for instance, that they keep skipping. You know, just like okay, we're having the the, the possibility of high of hiking. Could be could do well enough into holding inflation down, uh, and they do not need to hike. For instance, so if that happens, it is, will also create a window of opportunity for Brazil. Brazil, uh, I mean, if I were there, I would probably uh, vote for a cut in August. When I have my outlook of a September start, is basically because. Uh, When I I read the minds of the nine people there, I still feel like there's a majority that wants to wait a little longer with the trade-off that if they hold for a little longer. Because let's be honest, a 25 basis point cut in August won't do anything for the activity in the short term or even the medium. So uh, it's basically just a sign that, oh, oh, it's going down. Uh, but if they hold for for by by September, I think they can start with a stronger cut of fifty basis points. And my outlook is a hundred and fifty basis points of cuts from from now until the end of the year. And I am also outside of the consensus for the end of next year. I think that rates will go down to nine percent next year, while the median market is nine point half. Because I do believe that uh, they will be they will be. Cutting more and faster than markets is expecting right now, because they will be allowed to do so. Inflation will be subdued, and uh, activity will be way too slow, and will allow them to to move faster. But uh, uh, they they could start. They could start in in, in August, and it wouldn't be uh, absurd by any means.
0: Now, Robin Brooks, who is the chief economist at the Institute of International Finance, a global association of the financial industry, he says criticism of Brazil's central bank is uncalled for and said that policy credibility is easy to lose and hard to regain, adding that the Brazilian central bank deserves praise for hiking rates early and being cautious now. On the opposite side, we have, for instance, André Perfeito. He's a Brazilian economy who we seek for comment from time to time. Now he has a very different assessment. He said that the central bank cut rates way more than it should have a few years ago. Then it raised them more than it should have. I mean, since your predictions are not in line with consensus, as you said. Should I assume you're more aligned with Andre Perfeito rather than Robin Brooks?
1: No, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think there is there is the uh, I would disagree with Robin in the sense that uh, uh, they, they 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 have been doing a perfect job. I don't think so. I think by cutting to two percent, it was they they were gambling on on a situation. Which didn't happen, you know, like they were expecting a downturn of the economy that didn't happen, and uh, I don't think it was a mistake getting to two percent. Uh, in hindsight, it was, but uh, they we, we, they are not taking uh, decisions to to in, in hindsight. They have to take at the moment. The big mistake, which even in, in, at that at that time you could have you you could have seen. It, they started to 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 high. They they held two uh, percent yeah, for longer than they needed, and I think uh, worrying signs were already showing, especially in some uh, wholesale uh, inflation data, that they were coming way higher than 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 uh, the, 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 the 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 CPI. So I think that was a cautionary tale that that they should have hiked earlier. But the thing is that when they started hiking, there was a there was this the people were considering that they had a mis- they they did a uh, they were rolling going to uh, holding it for so long. So I think that it, it, at some point, you know, they really need to pick up pace faster and more more. More than anyone else, because they they also have had the price of credibility to pay, so at some point, yes, I think they, they they had to hike too much because their credibility was in stake and one thing that i may i don't think I am an outlier anymore, but I was for some while i think I, I was a, a, a very hard critic of all the gadgets fiscal administration. I always thought that they were. Completely wrong into what they were doing, especially when they decided to just uh, take the spending ceiling cap as a a, a a a cap that you actually put on your head. you know it was like they just completely made a mockery out of it. Uh, at that time, you know, I think the the, the, the central bank was uh, saying that the thing were things were going down uh, going south. And I think most people didn't did want it either because of ideology, most people in the market, either but because of ideology or because Paulo Guedes was a, a like a good uh, he, he's a good uh, seller of dreams, you know. Uh, I think most people wouldn't uh, weren't seeing how the situation was worsening, and that's why I think the central bank really needed to go even higher because not only their own credibility was the same. But they needed to to pay for the lack of credibility of the fiscal policy, uh, especially looking at uh, uh, where you look. Whether you look at a more broader uh, uh, comparatively, you could see that Brazil's fiscal policy that some people were praising in Brazil's market, in Faria Lima, but uh, especially the the foreign investors were seeing it like the the king was the emperor was naked all along and. The central bank needed to pay for the fiscal policy lack of credibility. So I think, in that sense, I'm also I'm also uh, disagreeing somewhat with Andre Perfeito because I think they ha- they had to hike it more than needed. for by by looking at just inflation, but they had uh, they had to pay for other people's lack of credibility. So I think all in all, they they had to go to where they went now there I can also also agree with the fact that they will be cutting faster because inflation will be subdued by the time they do so.
0: Mário Sérgio Lima is a Senior Brazil Analyst at Madly Global Advisors. He's also a columnist for the Brazilian Report. And if you like explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It takes only a second and it will help us reach a broader audience or better yet sign up for the brazilian report the journalistic engine behind this podcast we have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing thanks to our subscribers we have been able to cover brazil and latin america at length and for our work, we have won and been shortlisted for multiple international awards. More recently, our newsletters won the best newsletter prize in the Americas from the World Association of Newspapers and News Publishers for a small or local newsroom. In order to keep doing that work, we really need your support. Go to brazilianreport slash subscribe. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. Explaining Brazil will be back next week.